Right. We are now recording. Everyone, welcome to the Motei Shabbat edition of the Halabanon slash Torah Shi'ur on Daf Hayomi. Today's Daf is Daf Samach Dalid in Perek Bame Isha of Shabbat. We will be beginning on Daf Samach Gimel Amurbet towards the bottom. Ki'ate Ravdimi. The first words on the line are Ravdimi. It's about 18 lines from the bottom of the page. And we begin now. Ki'ata Ravdimi. When Ravdimi showed up, Ravdimi was a rabbi of Israel, and he came to Bavel. And when he came, he brought a lot of halachot. One of them is this. He says, How do we know that a woven object, anything that's woven, no matter how small it might be, is tameh. Tameh means that it could get tameh if it goes into a house with a dead body. Says the Gemara Misis, from the teeth, just like we know by the seas, that it's considered one of the eight bigadim, even though it's so small. So we see that any woven article, no matter how small it is, could get tameh. The Gemara doesn't like this. Amr Abaya, so Abaya asked Rabdimi, even though he's coming from Eris Israel, doesn't mean he's not subject to questions. He says, you're comparing the two things. Is the cease a woven object that you could learn about all woven objects from a cease? A cease is not a woven object, it's actually a metal object. And we're going to bring a bright dot to prove that the cease is a metal object. But Tanya, didn't we learn? The seeds was a gold plate, two fingers wide, which went from the ear to ear of the Kohen Gadol, and written in two lines is uh, it has the name of Hashem Yudhe on the top. And Kodesh Lidalid on the bottom. Right? That's according to one opinion. I saw in Rome, in Rome, and it said Kodesh on one line. But either way, it definitely was a piece of gold, and it wasn't a woven thing. This seat was a piece of gold. So, how are you bringing Uriah, you Rabdimi from Israel, you bring Uriah to this? That a woven object could get to ma, what's the raya? Ramdimi accepts. When he went to Rabbi Nahardai, he sent the message. What I told you was a mistake. Interesting, you'll see this so often. Okay. However, this is what the name of Yochan. How do we know that a piece of jewelry? No matter how small could get tamer, no matter how small the pieces, mitzitz, mitzitz, which was a very small thing, and still became tamer, because we know it was part of the it was part of the big day kuna. How do we know that a small thing that's woven could from the word obeged. Now, once we mentioned this, now it was really out of whack, but once we mentioned this business. And a small woven object, the next Amud will be discussing the laws of Tuma and Tahara, and we'll be discussing this the law of small things and Shedit and Tuma 
and that's what we're discussing. Bezat Hashem, it's going to get very, very clear. Tanu Rabbanan. We learned to the Brighta. Now, there is a very, very massive Brighta coming up. This is the beginning before that Brighta starts. Tanu Rabbanan. Arig kol shehu tameh. A small woven object can get tameh. No matter how small it is. Once it's woven, it can get tameh. V'tachshit kol shehu tameh. Not only that, even a, a jewelry, no matter how small it is, tachshit, the word tachshit we use as jewelry now, it means an accessory or an ornament accessory. It doesn't necessarily have to be a metal jewelry piece. It could be any type of tachshit, okay? Okay? It also gets tameh. Arig v'tachshit koshu tameh. If it's partially woven, and partially tachshit, it's also tameh. Musaf sak ala beged mishum arik. Another thing it says that a, a sack, which is a a sack is a sack sacks are made out of goat hair. Okay, so sack has something tameh more than a regular woven garment. Shetameh mishum arik because it could be tamer as a woven object. Now we're going to clarify the source for these things. Amarava. So we said, or basically, we said, let's just review. We said three things in the Brighta. Number one is we said that a small arig is tamer. Number two, we said a small tachshit is tamer. Then we said something that's a mix, arig and tachshit, is also tamer. And then we said uh, that sackcloth is stronger than a baggage because no matter how small it's tamer. Four different things, I'm sorry. So says the The fact that a small woven organ can be can be tamer, we learn all a small tachit that We learned that from the teeth, like we just said before. Arig v'tachshit kol shu tameh. How do we know a mixed arig and tachshit which is kol shu tameh? Mikol kli maaseh. From the pasuk, kol kli maaseh. Any kli maaseh, even if it's both. Amr alei ha'hu merabanan l'rava. One of the rabbis asked rava, ha'hu minyan k'tiv. How could you learn from the pasuk kol kli maaseh that pasuk is talking about kli midyan. By midyan, you're talking about tumat met. We, until now, we're talking about tumat sheretz. And therefore, the challenge here is, you can't learn from tumat met to tumat sheretz. Tumat sheretz is a much lighter form of tumat than tumat met. In the tumat met, a person is tamet for seven days. In the tumat sheretz, you're tamet for one day, and you go to the mikvah and you're tamet that night. So it's a much lighter thing, Okay. So Rav said that Gamad Kli Kli Mihatam. We have a Gezerah Shavah Kli Kli, which connects Sheretz to Tumah. Okay? And therefore, that's how we learn. Now, we mentioned the last rule of the Brighter was the last rule of the Brighter was as follows. The last rule says that Mosaf Sak Alabegit Tamem Shumarik. That sackcloth has an extra part of tuma over a begid, and it's tameh because of it's a woven object. Ask the Gemara, Atu begid lav arigu. 
an obvious question. What do you mean? You're telling me sackcloth is stricter than a, than a, a woven garment because it's tamer because arig, but every begin is also arig. So how can it be stricter? Says the Gemara. This is what the Brighton means to say. Sack is stricter than a Begid. We don't mean that it is Ari, that it is woven. A sackcloth is stricter because despite not being woven, it might still be Tameh. So when you're a, an actual thread, not from a hair, not a sackcloth, a real thread, you need to be woven to be Tameh. Whereas in sackcloth, the opposite. You don't, woven and even not woven could also be tamed. How does that work? How do you have a non-woven sackcloth item? Well, you always weave these things. So let's talk about Lamai chazi. Oh, well, let's see. Tamed, even if it's not woven, it's still good. Lamai chazi. What is a non-woven item good for? If you braid an option and you don't weave it, you just braid it. A braid is not a full weave. A weave is sheti va'erev. A braid kind of goes along the same way. It's just flipped in, one to the other. Okay? A braid looks like a chali. And a weave is a 90-degree angle weave. Okay? Or a herringbone weave. Amar Yochanan. Sheken ani kolea shalosh nimin. A poor man will take three threads of goat hair. And he'll hang it and is on his daughter's neck. It seems like people, poor people would take threads and make necklaces for their kids with braided threads of goat hairs. They wouldn't take braided threads of cloth because the, the, the cloth threads are too thin. Okay? And therefore, it doesn't look like anything on the neck of a girl. But these thicker ones, sackcloth, if you color them red, blue, and they look nice, you'll put them around your daughter's neck. So that's why dafka only sackcloth could be tameh in a braid and not a weave, whereas regular cloth needs to be woven in order to become tameh. Is everyone with me? Yes, but wouldn't that become a tashfit? Tashit? Tashit? The way you explained it with the necklace thing? That's a tashit now. It's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a, uh, a cloth. It comes in tachshit, the way you've described. But nonetheless, that's how the Gemara explains it, which I tell you. Right. So they're definitely saying it's a tachshit. So it's not a big, I mean, you well, say, telling you the question was, be, what could it be? You can't, you can't make a tachshit out of, out of regular threads, only these threads. That's what we're saying. Right. Okay? Okay. Good. Tanu Rabbanan. Now, here's a big b'risa. Okay? This b'risa is going to be uh, start here, and it's going to last for quite a while. And then the Gemara will, will clarify. Tanu Rabbanan. Sack, a sackcloth. The pasuk says that a sackcloth could get tamer from a shed. It says sack. Enli el sack. I only know that a sack could get tamer. How do we know that not only can a sack cloth get tamer, but even a kalkili and a chabak could get tamer? 
Now, kalkili and a chabak are a breast strap and a girth. These are two types of sackcloth straps that are wrapped around the saddles of horses. Two alternate types of straps that go around the horse to hold the saddle on strong when going up and downhill. Okay? How do we know that these straps also get tamed? They're not actual sacks. Tamudomar osak. It says the word or, or the extra word osak. Yachol shanimar be'et ha'chavalim v'tamashchit. You might think that you could also include ropes and measuring ropes. It seems like in the olden days, there were ropes, of course, which aren't actually woven. They're just, they're just uh, spun, okay? They're not woven. And there's measuring ropes. People used to, if they were measuring land, Carl, so you'd have a certain amount of yard. Uh, 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 they, they actually still do this in football games. They have these two poles, and they're measuring if you got a first down. You, Carl, it's, it's a game that they play with it. Americans, whatever they play this game with the pole, whatever you want I think I, I think uh, I remember that. You've heard of this? Okay, fine. Anyway, so they <laughs> also measure the same 10 yards with the same. They have a, a chain that goes the same. So in the old days, they used to have a measuring uh, rope. How do right. we, maybe those measuring ropes could get Tamir also? Tamu, no more sack. says, no. The word said sack teaches us masak tabuvarig, just like a sack sackcloth is spun and woven. Avkol tabuvarig. So to anything get tameh has to be spun and woven, excluding these ropes which are just twisted and not spun. Okay, regular string is spun on a on a whatever they call those things. I don't know. Says the Gemara, they called spinning jennies. That's what they called spinning uh-huh. jennies. Okay. So now the, the brighter continues. So we, it says by a dead, dead so far we're talking about shedits till now. Now we're going to switch to the subject of the dead body, which is chumat met. It says any kli, any clothes made out of leather, and anything made out of goat hair, you have to purify. This comes to include the breast strap and the girth made out of these things that they also, they get tamer with two hundred they also have to, have to be, be purified. You might think you should also include the ropes and the 10-yard measuring ropes. You might think they should be included. Now we're going to we're gonna ex- we're gonna go on a little tangent. The brighter is normally we should say no, we can't because of this. Before we do that, we're going on a tangent. Vidinhu, it's logical to assume not to include it. Why? Because Timeh you made it Tameh by a Sheretz, Vitimeh Bemet, and you made it Tameh by a dead body. Ma, just like when you made it Tameh by a Sheretz. You only did woven stuff after Mehmet. Also, when you do Mehmet, you should only include woven stuff. So, therefore, you, you might not need a pasuk to exclude these things because since it's excluded by Sheretz, you shouldn't need a thing to exclude it by Met because it's logical that if it's excluded by Sheretz, which is strict, which is light, it should be excluded by the stricter one. Indeed. If you were lenient by a Sheretz, 
Nakil but tumat met, you can be lenient by tumat met. which is stricter, meaning since tumat met is stricter, you might think that maybe more things are tameh, even ropes. Yes, you proved me that the measuring ropes by a shenitz doesn't come tameh, but that doesn't necessarily prove that the measuring ropes don't become tameh by tumat met. So says the Gemara, tamud lomar beged veor, a, a, a garment and a leather. Beged veor ligzera shaba. It says beged veor by by Tumat Met, and it said Begin Be'or by Tumat Sheretz. So we have a Gezer Shava. Okay? Ma Begin Be'or, Amur Be'sheretz, just like Begin Be'or that said by Sheretz. Lo Timei we only did spun items, became Tameh. Ah, Begin Be'or, Amur Be'met, so too by, by dead bodies. Lo Timei only woven things. So basically it comes out, that both by Sheretz and by and by Tumat Met, only the the horse straps are Tameh, and of course other things, but not the measuring ropes by both of them. And you can't you couldn't have done without it. And we're doing that with the Gizara Shabbat. Now so the Brighta continues. And the Ella Devar Mezim. I only know things that are made from goat's hairs. How do we know that if you make a horse hair rope, I'm sorry, a horse hair uh, item, like let's say the thing, or a, or a cow tail item, how do we know that those are also included can become tameh? Osak. So the word osak comes to include horse hair too. Now, you should all be yelling and screaming because the word osak we already used before to teach you the sackcloth on the bottom of the horse, right? Remember that? Right, yes. So the Gemara is going to, the Bryce is going to deal with that. No, 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 sorry. The Gemara comes into the Bryce and says, Didn't we use it to teach you about the breast strap and the chabak and the girth of the, of the animal, which... We used all before we had So the word all became extra. And now we could use it to include this business of the horsehair or the or the cow tail. So we're learning it from all and not sa. We're learning we're learning this cow thing from the all. Correct. Because is that a valid move? Is that what? a valid move what you just pulled? That is a cool move. Yes, it, uh, it's interesting that it happened. Yes, it's funny that you started off with Shavah, with the word "aw," and you led us to believe that that was the source. Then, when you threw the Shavah, you tell us you that freed maybe it up. You're going back to yeah. that. Yes, like I said, this could be a confusing environment, but I think we're going to explain it as clear as the as a bell after we're done. Okay. I only know this true about the horse and the cow tail by a sheritz, where it says, all sheritz. The brighter wants to know, how do I know that the horse and the cow tail could become tamer also with Tumat Met? So we try to look, we're going to try to learn it from logic, which is not going to work again. It's logical. Torah says sackcloth is tamer by a met. 
just like when you buy shirts. By a shirt, you said that they're equal, whether it's uh, the, the cow tail and the horse tail are equal to anything made from goat hair. So, too, we should equate them when it comes to Tumat Not true. If the Torah added those things when it comes to Tumah by only at night, like a Sheretz, you only tamet till the night. Shumirubah, which is happens in a lot of places. Nalbeh, you want to include him. Bitumah, Shirah, Tumah, seven days with Tumat Met. Shumuaitit, which doesn't happen to so many things. You can't necessarily prove just because it happens by Sheretz. It's not necessarily true. So therefore, how do we know, again, that a cow tail was still left with a problem. We don't know. How do we know that a cow tail and a horse tail is also tamer when it comes to when it comes to tumatmet? Tumatmet. Good. Hamudomat says the brighter. I told you it's a long brighter. Beged veor. It's a the pasuk says beged a garment veor and leather. Beged veor, beged veor. It says by both them beged or beged veor. We we said the same rule by cow by cow tail and horse tail as we do by goat hair. So telling us. And they're both the same. Now the Gemara comes in. And the Gemara starts talking about Mufna. Now you have to understand the following introduction before I explain what a Mufna is. There are two types of Xer Shavas. There's Xer Shava Mufna and Xer Shava She'ero Mufna. Okay? Now. One second, Rabbi. Just before you get into a heavier thing. Just so I understand it. We went back and forth three times. Back and forth, back and forth. You want to know how do you know that the cow tail and the horse tail and the horse tail is going to be tuma even to met? So you're going to come back to the gzera shava back to say a new gzera shava. There's two separate gzera shavas. Yeah, that's a, so. Don't you know just like the goat one is the same as these? And how right. do you know it's for tumad met versus tumad sheretz? We that's, only said it, we only said it. We had a thing by by sheretz, right? And now you have a Xeris Shava that's going to connect Sheretz to Tumat Met. And that's going to tell you that both of them are going to be Tamer with horse tails and cow tails. And you can't tell me one because I won't know the other because it's too heavy or too Correct. light. Correct. Okay. So now you're going to, now we're done with this whole thing. Correct. It was like now we're going to discuss now we're gonna go that the Xeris Shava, that the Xeris Shava that we're using here is a Mufna one. Now let me explain what's, what's what Mufna? a Mufna okay. is like. What? I'm sorry. I was asking, what's Mufna? Okay, so this is a key one, Carl. Yeah. It's important to know this. Uh, whenever you see Xer Shava, there's two types. You can have a Xer Shava where the word that you're using for the Xer Shava is an extra word. It's an unnecessary word. Or you can have a Xer Shava where this is the same word is used, but the word is not extra. The one that where it's extra is called a Mufna one. The one where it's not extra is a not Mufna one. What's the difference? 
difference is as follows. If you have a non-mufna gzeir shava, then if someone could prove why the why the gzeir shava is not logical, you can knock off the gzeir shava. But if the gzeir shava is mufna, which means the words were extra to start with, so then I could have learned from the word straight. It's an extra word. And therefore, it's not subject to be knocked off by logic. But a gazer shover is my Messinai. Beautiful question. I was hoping you would ask it, Fred. <laughs> He's asking, what are you talking about? How could you ask a logical question on a gazer shover? That's Halachal Moshe Messinai. Every gazer shover is Halachal Moshe Messinai. I love you, Fred. <laughs> You're the best. Inshallah, your grandson yeah. should be as good as you. Amen. The question of the it's a good question. It brings it down. I didn't get to look it up. But it's a nice, solid question. Okay? But either way, that's the fact. The facts are that Xerish of a shit that's Mufna is, is, is. What, is, what does the word mean? What does Mufna mean? It means available. Available. Okay. It's got so extra, if it's, it's an extra word. If it's, avail, if it's available, it has extra words? It, it means it's from an extra word. It's available. Okay. The word that you used and, with Xerish was a Mufna, was an extra word. And the extra word one is, sub, is non subject to. Logic, not subject to logic, because but once you have not, an extra word, you can learn from the extra word straight without the exemption. Right, okay, okay. Okay? Is that so far clear? Yeah. Okay, so what the Gemara wants to do now is say, you should know that this Xerishava that we're dealing with is a Mufna one. Because if it wasn't Mufna, there'd be a logic that could knock it off. You got what, we, what we're doing here? We're saying mm -hmm. that it's Mufna. And we're going to tell you no, why no, had it not no, been mufna, I, I it would have been one. subject to the problems. Yeah, no, it only could be mufna if the words are extra. Correct. And this, we're going to prove two things. Number one, the words are extra. And number two, that had it not been extra, we would have been trouble. Okay. Okay? Says the Gemara. Um mufna, and the Xer Shem is mufna. The ilav mufna. Thank you, Ben. I, I'm glad you also got it. Okay? Mufna. The ilav mufna, because had it not been extra, Ikalamifrika would be knock offable. Mal the shedits. She can You can't learn from shedits. Go to shedits. You can be even if it's only the size of a lentil. Whereas when it comes to tumatmet, you only tame with the size of a zayit. So therefore, since a shedits is tame even smaller, I would say you can't learn from shedits to tumatmet. Had it not been mufna, but since it's mufna, it's 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 impervious to these questions. So it says li afnuye mufni. And really, if it's mufna, it's mufna. In other words, the e, the words are by sheretz are mufna. Mechdi, but let's see, sheretz it kish the shichvatzela. How is it mufna? Like this. A sheret is next to Sheikh Vatzera. It's right next to it, right? Dikhtiv ish a shetimer Sheikh Vatzera. Right? Visamikhle and right next to it, it's ish a shayigabukhol sheret. So the two are right next to the Torah. Vikhtiv Sheikh Vatzera. By Sheikh Vatzera it says, Bukhol begin, Bukhol order Shayya Allah Sheikh Vatzera. Any begin, any order has Sheikh Vatzera. Begin the or the Tiba Sheretz Lamali. So why do you have to mention begin or again by sheret? You already said the begin the or by Sheikh Vatzera. Right? I think it was this week's Perasha, by the way. You're the best. 
Le Leviticus 22.4, thank you. Good? Yeah. So we see it's extra, and therefore this, this, this business of um, or is extra over there. The Gemara says, that's very nice. You prove to me that the Shenet Dilasha of Beged Ve'or is extra. Nice. But that's only one side of the Gzea Shabbat. Every Gzea Shabbat has two sides. You have to compare Tumat Shenet to the other side of Tumat Met. Okay, you prove that the, that the, 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 the one side of the Gzea Shabbat is Mufna. But the other side, the Tumat Met side, you didn't prove yet. Carl, you lost me? I'm with you or no? I think I got it, but if you want to repeat the uh, last one part. One more time, one more time. In order for Xer Shabbat to be Mufna, where right. it's, it's impervious to somebody knocking off with logic, it has to be, it's a machoket. Some rabbis say as long as one side of it is extra, it's cool. It's called Xer Mufna. Right. The others say, no, that's only Mufna mitzad echad. That's only one side Mufna. You need both sides Mufna. So you need the met also. Right. We need to get the met also. So far, we only got the shaded side. Right. Okay. So say now. You only have it mufna on one side. That's cool. That's good according to the rabbi who says that it's mufna on one side. It's impervious to any any logic attacks. According to the one who says that you can ask questions on the Shabbat like this. Right? Michael, what are you going to say? The Gemara is going to answer, no, don't worry. I'll show you how the other side is also Mufna. The Met side is also extra. Why? Mechti, let's see. Met itkash lishtumadzera. The dead body is also connected to, to, to Sheikh Mazera. Dechtim, as it says. Vanogev bechol tamer nefesh. Or ishishet tzemenu Sheikh Mazera. We see that it's extra. Now, now the Gemara is going to go off to another topic. We have just done the hard part of the Gemara. Now we're going to go off to another easier part, which is just going to discuss the Tumah by Midian. Now we know by Midian, the Jews went to fight against Midian after the Midianim and the Moavim had tried to make the, make the Jews sin. Okay? The Jews, many Jews died with Bilam and Balak. And Hashem said, Go take revenge from Midianim. So Moshe sent the Pikudeh Hechayim, those in charge of the officers, with 12,000 men, 1,000 from each Shevet, they attacked the Midianim, they killed all the people, and they took back, they took a lot of captives, slaves. And a lot of captives saved girls, a lot of gold, a lot of silver. And the Torah goes on to discuss exactly, that's where we talk about how you have to do Tevilat um, Kilim, comes from over there, because when they got, when they took, when they captured gold and silver Kilim, they had to dip them in the mikvah. That's what we learned about dipping things in the mikvah. And we also, we're going to discuss what happened. So the, what happened over there is not one Jew died in the battle. And when they came back, 
they brought a korban as a kapara. And we're going to discuss exactly why they needed a kapara. And we'll discuss some of the jewelry that they brought back and what type of jewelry it was. Let's see. This says the Gemara. The Pasuk says when they came back and they brought a korban, it says, korban Hashem, Ish Hashem any man who found the klizahav, etz ada, an etz ada, tzmid, tabat, agil v'chumaz. Now these are all so these are all types of jewelry. Now etz ada is a vessel, and tzmid v'tabat are anklet and bracelets, rings, tabat, agil and chumaz. What are those things? Okay. This is a type of woman's gold garment that they wear over their um, over their breasts. Kumaz is the opposite. It's a similar thing that's worn over a woman's private parts. It's a cast of the private parts. It looks like a private part. It's gold, and she's wearing it over her private parts. So these were gold, and it's part of the things that the Jews took when they when they captured them. I mean, where they took a lot of these things. Amri Yosef, Ihachi, Hayim Targumin Machuch. That's why they called it a Machuch. The word Chuch means uh, joking around because it brings to lightheadedness the fact that they're doing these private things and they're taking these personal jewelries from the ladies. It's called Machuch. That's why the the, the Unkelist it translated as a Machuch. Because it's leading to lightheadedness. You can see from the Pasuk itself, because the Pasuk says Kumaz. A Kumaz is an acronym of Kan Makom Zima. The word Kan Makom Zima means this is the place of immorality. So the word Kumaz, which we said was Otomakom, is actually an acronym of Kan Makom Zima. This is the place of immorality. These Goyim who were not very moral, would put jewelry in those places. Now, we're going to continue on and see what happened when they had to take those. You have to consider that a Jewish soldier coming and capturing ladies uh, and taking away their jewelry, especially jewelry like this, is not necessarily the best thing for a, a Jewish person on a very high level. And those who went to battle were on a very high level. So we're going to see what happens. The Pasuk says, Moshe, Moshe got upset at the officers of the army. Moshe told the Jews, Did you guys go back and sin with these ladies again? After what happened, everyone died in the plague, and now you went back and you guys sinned again? They responded with the words in the Pasuk. Not one of us was lost, meaning we, we, the simple shot in the Pasuk means no one died in the battle. But we're telling you here that this was really a response to Moshe Rabbeinu's question. Did any of you guys sin? And they answered, no, not one of us sinned. All 12,000 men, no one did the Avera. So Moshe said, If so, why are you bringing Kapara? I thought if you bring a Kapara, it means that some of you guys sinned with these ladies. But if you, why are you bringing Kapara if nobody did it? So they told him, if we got out and we didn't do an Avera, but the fact that we thought about Avera, that we didn't get out of it. We, when we were 
capturing this, these ladies in the jewelry, we did think about Avilot. We didn't do any Avilot, but we thought about them. Miyad, so right away, they brought the Korban, has a kapara for the thoughts that they had when they're getting these jewelries. Okay? Which is pretty odd, which is not so hard to understand considering what kind of jewelry it was. Talent the Ben of Ishmael. We learned in the in the bright of Ben Ishmael. Why did he need kapara? Because turn to turn to Amubet, Shizanu and Ehem min Arva. Because their eyes, their eyes were eating Averot. Which means sometimes the person can do Averot with his with his eyes also, with his body. Amr Shishat. Here's a new thing. How come the Torah mentioned the rings next to the Kumaz? Kumaz is a very, very private jewelry. The other one also, Agil, is a very, very private jewelry. And the Torah is listing it right next to the bracelet. It's not, they're not connected. You know why? Lomalach, to teach you, anyone who looks at the pinky of a woman. It's like looking at the Any person who's trying to enjoy Shufing women, you should know that the shufing of the pinky is as asur as shufing the chumaz place. That's the, the chidush that we're learning from this, the connection of those two things. So very, very interesting agarita here on Midian. But we got through the Shavaz pretty well, I think. Says the Mishnah. We'll do the Mishnah a little gemara. We have time for it. What's the story? It's uh, like 35 minutes, I think. Okay, we're good. Let's go. 45, maybe at 40 minutes. So if we could move okay, it along. We'll, we'll stop by the two dots, inshallah. Okay? Okay. Says the Mishnah. If you can keep going, keep going. If you could zip, let's see what happens. Says so the Mishnah as follows, guys. When next Mishnah and Perek Mishnah. Yatsa Isha Bechute Sa'ar. A woman could go out with her hair in... In, in uh, braided. Ben Mishela, Ben Whether they're her own hair, whether her friend's hair. So Rashi says over here, whether they're her hair, obviously you don't need her hair that's attached to her head. We're talking about her own hair extensions. There are ladies, I don't know if you know about this, but there are ladies who often wear extensions to their hair. It's other people's hair that they add to their hair to make it look much thicker. It's even common nowadays that ladies will still wear these type of things. So a woman is allowed to go out on Shabbat wearing these hair extensions to her hair, okay? Whether they're her own hair extension from her own personal hair that was cut previously, or whether they're someone else's hair. Ben whether they're horse hair, even if they're horse hair, it's the same thing. They can go with a totefet and the sarbitim when they're tied on. Now, a woman used to wear hats to cover their hair, and there would be like a headband on the hat, which is called the totafot, or a sarbitin are these little uh, things hanging down, like little strings hanging down with little um, little um, doodads on it to make it attract attention. So these things are, you're allowed to go out with them as long as they're sewn on to the item and they're not going to fall off. If you're not going to take them off with this sewn on. Okay. We had this already, and then we yes. must have quoted it before in a bright. Quoted, correct. Okay. 
she could go out with a cap or a wig. Lechatzer. She's wearing a wig or a kabul, she could go out with it to lechatzer, but not to the shutarabim. If she has cotton in her ear to get to, to, to absorb all her wax, or she has a cotton in a sandal to prevent getting a uh, irritation, or if she has cotton to to absorb her period, with a pepper that she puts in her mouth to keep it keep her breath smelling good. Or a lump of salt. The woman used to wear salt in put it in your mouth as a remedy for your tooth that's sick. Or anything she puts in her mouth. You can't put it there. Which means You can't put it there to, to, to get cured on Shabbat. Anything you're putting these things in your mouth as a refuah, you're allowed to go out with them, but you're not allowed to walk out. You can't put it there on Shabbat because that is a refuah problem. Also, someone might look at you and say that that's your way of moving it. So therefore, if you had it in your mouth, your mouth it's okay, but otherwise it's a problem. Okay? If it fell out of mouth, you're not allowed to put it back. Okay. Let's see. If she has a false teeth made out of gold, people used to have false teeth made out of gold. Let's you go out with it. The Hamim do not let you go out. Now, the Gemara is going to explain now why you need both cases. Mention your hair and someone else's hair. What's the point of mentioning both hairs? If you go out with hair, who cares whose extension it is? Says the Gemara. Vitricha, I need to tell you both extensions. Why? If the Mishnah would only tell you go out with her own hair, I would say because she's not going to feel disgusting that she's wearing someone else's hair, and therefore she'll leave it in. That's what she's wearing. For her friends, which is little yucky, you might say that people are going to see it. They're going to say, it doesn't look like your hair. She's going to take it off, and then she'll be carrying it. And therefore, it'll be Asur. So if I only mention your hair, I wouldn't know your friend's hair, because people might make fun of you when the hair doesn't match. Okay? If I would not tell you about your friend, I would say, because at least it's human hair. It's like you. But if it was animal hair, it's not her. Maybe she, again, people might make fun of her. It doesn't look as, as real. So we need both of them. Okay, so far so clear. Can we do a little more, Fred? Can we do a little more? To we... let's see. We're pushing it, but we'll do a little more. We're pushing it, but we'll do a little more. Go ahead. Tana, ubevach lotetze yalda b'shul zikina. The only thing that's asur is to have a young girl go out with the hair of an old lady. V'zikina b'shul yalda. You can't have an old lady go out with a young lady's hair. Okay. Now, what do you need both? I understand that you have to tell me that a zikina can go out with a young girl. Why? Because it's considered nice. And therefore, you might think it's okay. 
Right? They were telling you, no, she can't. El Yalda, but she's a kena. But a young girl going out with the older there, Amai, why do you have to tell me that? Kenaiula, of course, it's it's yucky for a lady to go out with, a young lady to go out with whiter hair or gray hair. Why would she? Of course, it's, it's a sewer. I did it, Tani Zikina, but she said, Tani, you're right. But once we told you, Zikina, but she said, Tani, Nami, we told you one, even once we mentioned one, we mentioned the other one as well. Okay. So we'll stop at the, at the two dots, Bichabu. Okay? Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you very much, Rabbi. I believe, I believe,